podcast second week of the Asian swing on the PGA tour I'm Diane Knox and Elk is going to be here shortly on the podcast today well we're going to be talking about putting um, really in relation to Justin Thomas and his incredible win in South Korea last week that's been the big part of his game that has really changed and made him great again. Four wins he's now had in total on the Asian swing and it was the second time he had won the CJ Cup at Nine Bridges. So we're going to talk about putting with Elk and also Mr. Jackie Burke. And it's the Zozo Championship in Japan this week, the first ever time it's been held. So we're going to be looking at Japanese golf also. Now we have five of our secret golfers in the field, Jason Kokrak, Mark Leishman, Ryan Palmer, Pat Perez and JT Poston. Last week, Leishman, Palmer and Perez all played and a good week for Ryan Palmer, T12. So Jason Kokrak and JT Poston, it's their first week in Asia. And then next week, it's the WGC in China. So they're obviously out there for the two-week stretch. We'll be following along with them on our Secret Golf social media. In Japan, it's a 13-hour time difference. So the golf actually starts tonight and TV coverage starts at 11 p.m. But we'll keep you up to date with what they're doing on our social also today with Elk, going to be talking about Tiger Woods. He's back in action this week after having minor knee surgery round about the time of the Tour Championship. And Brooks Kepka, who had to withdraw last week after knee trouble, he had surgery after the Tour Championship as well. So we're going to go into that a little bit too. Elk, so do you think the Asian swing is the most exciting part of the fall season? <laughs> Well, that is a very good question, Diane. I mean, when I think about the uh, fall season, it is sort of a new idea to f the first thing. I, 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 I didn't mind watching uh, the Vegas tournament because they played on a course that uh, I used to play on, so I wanted to see how the players, uh, you know, see what clubs I used to hit, Diane, and now what they, they do to some of these holes, which was fun to see. You know, when I think about Asia, you know, I, I don't get that, excited about it it's sort of a you know a long trip and and what is it they're really winning and okay there's only 70 there's no cut I mean my friend Pat Perez who stayed with me here at the Houston Open and then found out at 2 a.m. on the Wednesday night that he was going to be in both events and he withdrew just so he could go over and play these two 10 million dollar events no cut you know a hundred thousand dollars would be uh last money if he finished dead last in two events well you know no, I'm not. Ex I'd be excited if I was a player, Diane, but I'm not mm -hmm. that excited about it uh, on the TV. The thing about well, last week it was the CJ Cup at Nine Bridges in South Korea, and it was the Justin Thomas show yet again. What is it with him and the Asian swing? Because that's now four times that he's won. Twice he's won in South Korea, and twice in Malaysia. Well, I think you know when you think about Justin Thomas, you know it's been a while for him to get back up and going. You know, since he had his wrist injury. Um, but, you know, he's just that kind of guy. I mean, the guy really likes being in the lead. And when he gets there, he just never gives it up. And, you know, whether it's in Japan or it's or in this case last week it was Korea or mm -hmm. it was uh, the PGA or all these events. I mean, when that guy gets out in front, it tells me, you know, okay, so he's never been considered himself 
the greatest putter, but he he has changed Diane that part of his game. That guy is such a such a top notch putter. You don't see that very often on tour. When he when he left Alabama, he was known as a long hitter with a little yeah. skinny kid could hit the ball a mile, uh, really had good control with his irons and was absolute no-miss situation. He played second fiddle to Jordan Spieth because he couldn't putt. And he's changed all of that. He's changed everything about that, Diane. Now he's like a top 30 putter and, of course, he's you know, winning a couple of events every year. But it was interesting when I was at the Tour Championship and sat in on his press conference, he spoke about that because when he was injured, he couldn't swing. So he said that when he was out practicing, he would just practice his putting and he became obsessed with it. So much so that he then started putting worse. So he almost had to like then strip it back, simplify it. And it's clearly working for him and has been since that moment. But it's funny how... You know, even these guys who are top five players in the world, they still get to the stage where they obsess over something so much that they then have to stop themselves, strip it all the way back to basics and and say, listen, this is not as complicated as I'm making it. What is a great putter, right? What, what you know, what's the difference between like a tour putter, like a, you know, Tiger Woods, who's the greatest putter, and then someone like our Secret Golf's own, Jason Duffner, who's sometimes... Mm-hmm. Uh, in front of our own very eyes just all of a sudden can't make it from two feet and you know I've been around the greatest putter you know probably in the history of golf Jackie Burke probably top five of all time and when I when I think of tour putter you know these guys by the way they're not making strokes like you and I Diane where they've got a lot of face rotation or they didn't read the putt right these guys are very very good at reading the greens you know that's all they do right Mm -hmm. so Okay, so the first thing they got to do is when you think of Tiger Woods is that guy reads the green so well. Okay, so he's got the vision, right? So he knows it's two cups left. When I play pro-ams or even if I was playing with you, Diane, first thing they always ask me, well, what do you think this putt does? Because I can't read a green. And I'm saying, why can't you read a green? It's a slope, you know? I mean, can't you imagine being up here? Okay, so Tiger reads the greens really well and then – he's able to get the speed of his putt up to that high point so that when it curves towards the hole, it goes in the hole at a, at the perfect speed. Mm-hmm. So it's the read and then it's the speed on the read out of the center of the face. And that's it. And Jason Duffner and I talk about it all the time. He's like, you know, I'm just having a hard time, you know, getting the speed right on the right read, I hit it too. I read the putt pretty good, but I, I hit it too hard. Yeah. Or I read the putt pretty good and I hit it too soft. So it's those, you know, little combinations, Diane. That that you know, that's what these guys are working on the most. And of course, they have to be able to make it from three feet almost every time. So for the Houston Open, after the Thursday round, Jason Duffner and yourself met up with Mr. Jackie Burke at Champions, and you guys were working on the green together to help Duff and. That's just amazing to me. It's like a goosebump moment to see that someone like Duffner will still go to Jackie Burke and ask for a little bit of advice for the rest of the tournament. Well, you know, famously, you know, Phil Mickelson, when he had never won a major, came down to see Jackie Burke and he walked out onto the green. This this story is pretty, pretty famous, but Jackie came out and he didn't know Phil Mickelson at the time. This is before he won his first major and Phil was having trouble, you know, getting over the hump. And he said, look, 
I don't know who you are, but he says, well, I've heard of you, but he says, I'm going to tell you what I tell everyone. He said, you got to put a, a you got to put a, a putter down on the green and do a circle around. You've got to make a hundred in a row. Mm. And Jackie Burke, I mean, uh, Phil Mickelson said to Jackie Burke, he said, well, I can do that now. I came all the way down here to get a lesson. He says, I can, I can put them in, in right now. And Jackie Burke looked at him and said, well, how much you want to bet? And Phil said, best, best steak dinner in Texas. And he said, okay, you're on. And he missed it, the fifth one. And then Jackie Burke got right up in his face. He said, let's do it again. Now what do you want to bet? And Mickelson said, okay, I'll try it again. And he missed on the third one. So, And then we saw the residual of that, Diane, was we saw Mickelson go on a run, and we famously saw him putting the balls around the putting green and knocking in about 50 balls before he played each day. Mm-hmm. And that was how he got over the hump. He just was so confident uh, from three feet that he then – of course, the extended piece of that is you chip into that three-foot circle. You bunker into that. You long putt everything into the three-foot circle, and then you know you're excellent from inside that. With Duffner that day, <clears throat> we were working with Mr. Burke on more of a stroke as opposed to a hit. Okay. We didn't want any interruption around impact with a hit. and Not a flinch, just a very, very uniform stroke. That's what we're working on. And we had it. Duff got a bad break at Houston. Big cold front came in. He had to play the last three holes after a rain delay. Uh, Had to come back the next morning in about 45-degree weather, playing into the wind on the last four and missed a cut. But but nonetheless, it was a good session. How is Mr. Burke doing? Mr. Burke is uh, is doing well. You know, everything is pointing towards the U.S. Women's Open for us, of course, Diane, at Champions Club uh, next summer. Um, And, you know, that'll be... We'll be the only club in in well the the only other club in the history of golf that's hosted every USGA event, and the mm-hmm. other other course is Pinehurst. So we've had them all: U.S. Open, Ryder Cup, everything. And the U.S. Women's Open is our last one to complete that very rare tournament. Uh, you know, USGA mm-hmm. events. Good. That's a good countdown. So, well, we've got a few things that we're going to talk about. But first of all, so the Zozo Championship is the event happening in Japan this week. It actually starts tonight because they're 13 hours ahead of us. So I think TV coverage is like 11 p.m. tonight. But we don't know anything about this course. Have you been watching the build-up and researching it a little bit? I have not, Diane, at all. Uh, I I, I tried to tune in. It was too late for me for the Skins game. Um, You know... Normally, because land is very hard to get in uh, Japan, normally the golf courses have a tendency to be um, tricky, short, and they usually have severe dog legs. And players from America that have gone over there, me included, have tried to cut corners and go over, you know, things and and all that. So I don't know if that's the case this week uh, at all. I have no no info for you on the golf course this week, Diane. Some of the guys that have famously played really well in Japan over the years, Australian guys like Graham Marsh and these guys that won, you know, 40 tournaments over there, they all finish up being a medium-length hitter, mm-hmm. doesn't hit it that far, so he's not tempted to go across anything, so he just plays it down the middle and then he plays the angles and just wears them out over the course of the week, doesn't, mm-hmm. doesn't get in any trouble. They've signed like a five-year deal with the tour and the Summer Olympics going to be in Japan next year, of course, and golf's going to be part of that. Rory McIlroy actually announced today that he's going to be competing for Ireland. But they're obviously just trying to like build a bit of a buzz around golf in Japan now. Always. They're famously known for their golf love of golf. I mean, we've had a lot of their players come over here and 
you know, Jumbo Ozaki was always great, and his brother Joe and Tommy Nakajima, the famous fans of Tommy Nakajima, the 17th at St. Andrews, Diane, in your country, where it took him 11 times to get out of the bunker. And we've never had anyone that's uh, played as good as the, the current group, uh, uh, Matsuyama, who's won on our tour. He's the first guy. And he really was the first guy that, even though he has a pause at the top of his swing, they all copied one another over there. They yeah. had real upright swings with real weak left-hand grips. And uh, Matsuyama's the first guy that we've seen come over is more... Um, what I consider, oh, I suppose, more orthodox. They didn't copy the old-school Japanese-style player like Jumbo Ozaki. He was the model, and uh, he seems to, you know, the guy is obviously unreal, and, um, you know, all all eyes are going to be on him this week. Yeah, and he played in that skins match at the beginning of the week with Jason Day, who won Rory McIlroy and Tiger Woods. But Tiger is back. He's been in Japan now for a while, and there's been hysteria around Tiger, of course. There always is. But he doesn't usually play much in the fall, and he had that minor procedure on his knee to repair that bit of cartilage damage. So from what we've seen so far of Tiger this week, he looks fit, he looks healthy. I saw him running, like racing kids and swinging with kids. Um, And when he played in the skins game, he looked great. So there's going to be, as always, all eyes on Tiger. Yeah, and you know, this reoccurring left knee issue that he's had of course he's had like seven surgeries on that knee and now we have number one Brooks Kepka with a left knee and we know mm-hmm. that Dustin Johnson had a left knee surgery this winter and you know it's no accident Diane that you know in the old days the way we used to play me included was you know pretty much mathematically if you're going to hit the ball correctly at impact that left knee needs to be soft and needs to be bent a little bit and there was a probably the most the worst piece of information that ever was delivered by by Tiger, none other than Tiger Woods, was that he tried to snap his left leg at impact to get that extra gear that he wrote Mm -hmm. in his book. And I'm telling you, I would not ever want to snap anything in my swing, Diane, especially my left knee. But I'm wondering if these guys are uh, are really trying to do that. They're posting up on it kind of like a baseball player. And of course, baseball, Diane, they only bat four times a night. These guys Mm -hmm. are you know, they're doing it like uh, 50 times a day in the tournament and another 500 in the practice. So it's a little worrisome. I don't think that's the move. I think the move has got to be a softer left knee. And, and mathematically speaking, to hit the inside quadrant of the ball, which is what everyone's trying to do, you have to have a, a soft left knee at impact. I know you're going to try that this afternoon. I know. I'm. Like, can you tell I'm thinking about it right now? <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, these are the power hitters and the three names that you mentioned there, Tiger, Brooks and DJ. I mean, those are the guys that are just blasting the ball. Yeah, I mean, they're yeah, and they're faders, right? They, they fade the ball. So they're really moving that shaft out onto the plane when it's coming down. Of course, everyone that's listening to this say, well, what do you mean? Well, if the club's coming from the inside, like, you know, maybe the ideal angle mm-hmm. can produce a straight shot or maybe a slight draw, like a base, like a, uh, like a 10 pin bowler, a little bit like a draw. That's, that's pretty good. Tour players like to fade the ball. So their shaft is coming in a little straighter, almost like a, a guy playing a bowling game, uh, 10 pin bowling with a bowling that's straight down the middle. The shaft is coming in behind the ball more. And of course these faders like these three, it's coming in from slightly on the outside, so that left leg is standing up and it's popping back. And, you know, it's just, you know, 
it's a muscle. It's a fiber, Diane. Mm-hmm. It's going to break. Well, that was like Kepka. He had stem cell treatment on his knee after the Tour Championship. And it's because he had a partially torn tendon in his knee. And then when he was in South Korea last week, he had to withdraw because he slipped on wet concrete and hit his left knee during the second round. But now there's a big question mark over Kepka and the President's Cup. And Tiger has said that he's not pushing him for an answer right now as to whether or not he's going to play. Yeah, of course, Tiger, you know, he's the pro, right? He's the absolute, he is the pro, but he's also a pro on, on injuries. And he's he's going to listen to Kepka and Kepka's going to tell him whether he can go or not. And uh, and that's going to be that. Um, you know, the only thing really interesting left, Diane, of this season is who's Tiger going to pick for the President's Cup and who's Ernie Els going to pick for the President's Cup? And is he going to pick uh, Jason Day to come down to Australia? Or is he going to pick some of these new guys that have just won on the PGA Tour? And I talked to my mum and dad, and they're all everyone's ready in Australia. They want to they want to see all the good golfers come back down to Royal Melbourne. The, we've had a tremendous drought in Australia, Diane, and and um, the course is going to be bone dry. It's going to play the Royal Melbourne is going to play the shortest it's ever played in her history, but she will be the most dangerous course ever these guys have ever seen around the greens. This thing is going to be like a must watch. I don't know what these greens are rolling, Diane, but I just know that they won't stop. How about that? Well, they're going to be making the picks first week in November, so just a couple of weeks to go. If you were Tiger Woods or Ernie Els right now and you had to make a decision on your picks, who would you be picking? You know, I think... uh, I don't know who he's going to pick. I would go with more of a style. If I would, you know, as much as I know about Royal Melbourne and, you know, I've got to have someone at Royal Melbourne that can putt, to be honest with you. That's first. And the second thing I've got to have is someone that can drive it straight. When I think about the players that won five points on our team, that we were the only team that won the President's Cup in 1998, Peter Thompson was our captain, uh, Craig Parry and Shigeki Mariyama both won five points. And the the signature that they left on that course, it was very dry that week. Greg Norman and I had a, a tremendous week too. But I would say that we were well experienced to play down there because we both grew up on that style. But Craig Parry literally was the straightest hitter and so was Shigeki and they're the, just the two best putters. And I'm thinking, Diane, that I've got to have, and Tiger will know this, that it's, you know, pick a green at Augusta that's severe. Um, let's pick one really severe, like 14 at Augusta, everyone knows that it's a big, sweet, you know, the big piano in the front of the 14th green at Augusta. Mm-hmm. Okay, we got 18 of those at, at Royal Melbourne. Okay, so that's what it's going to be like all day, which is going to be great for us. What's the weather going to be like at that time of year? Cause it's, it's going to be it's hot. It's their summer, isn't it? It's the middle of summer, and um, you know, it's going to be hot, and it's going to be, can be very windy. And uh, Melbourne is a very tricky place, Diane. It's right down on the, near the coast. It's about six miles inland from the coast. But they get this real um, unusual weather. It, it, some, you know, some days it's get real hot wind from the from the outback, and then the other other day they'll get an onshore breeze, and it'll make the course ten shots harder. And it can happen in the same day. So it's going to be great to uh, get everyone back down to Australia. So Tiger this week in Japan. Obviously, he's going to be on the lookout for the American guys and all of this is going to be education, I guess, when it comes to helping him with his picks. 
we have five of our guys in the field as well this week. So Jason Kokrak and JT Poston, they didn't play last week. So this is their first event on the Asian swing. Then Mark Leishman, Ryan Palmer and Pat Perez, who all played last week. And then next week, it's the WGC in China. So I'm thinking like the likes of JT and Jason Kokrak, they're going to play next week. So they didn't want to do three in a row. Um, I don't know what Leishman and Palmer and Perez are doing in that sense, but I know Perez is just playing this week, and I don't yeah. know about Leash. Although he normally didn't Leash doesn't win in do China it. last week, last year, the well, defending no, champ. He won in Malaysia last year, and then he didn't play because it was Malaysia, then Korea, then China, and he didn't play China. I don't think he likes being away for three weeks in a row. So I doubt he'll play WGC next week. Yes. Well, we had some good play last week out of Ryan Palmer, and. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a guy that has a soft left knee. You know, when you when you watch his videos on, on SG Tour or Secret Golf, you'll see that that soft left knee is a very uh, strong way to play. He's one of the longest hitters out there. So you don't have to have a snapping left knee, Diane, to hit it far. It's just, it's just all about sequencing that. Yeah, he's just got a lovely swing to watch. Yeah. And Ryan Palmer, you were talking about the greens earlier. He, there, there's not anyone on tour that's better than Palmer when it comes to making that three foot and in pressure putt because he's number one on tour for the season so far. Um, but he's always up there, and I think he's a hundred percent hasn't missed one yet. I don't yeah, want to jinx you him. Hear, <laughs> you hear these stats, you know. It's like I went some. This is this is uh, this is you know, we can find this step. But I went like a whole year, Diane, without missing a putt inside of four feet, which I can't even believe that that stat, but I guess it's true. And if I would have done that in 1997, I, I'd be so famous now, Diane, I wouldn't even be on this podcast. I'd be drinking out of an umbrella drink in Monte Carlo or something. Are you saying you would not speak to me on the podcast if you were that famous, if you'd made a few more of those <laughs> short putts? <laughs> well, I'd, I'd speak to you, yeah. That's what it comes down to. <laughs> I think Tiger Woods going to the President's Cup, I think he's going to surprise everyone and pick some super young guys. Oh, and right. I hope he does. Okay. And when you say super young guys, who are you thinking? Like Matthew Wolf, uh, Colin Morikawa, like those kind of guys, the new ones? I don't know if they've deserved it yet. He could throw one, he could throw one of those guys in there. It would be, a, that would be, you know, they're not even sort of, their ears are still wet. They've just been on the tour so short. But they have won, so they, they have credentials. So... I just think we're not going to see the older picks of the guys that have played a bunch of Ryder Cups. I just think we're going to see new new blood in there. Mm -hmm. Tiger knows that. He know he knows that this event, for it to do well, and you know that the presidents, you know, you know, you got to have some new action. And what about Victor Hovland for the international team? Because he just broke that record of 19 consecutive rounds in the 60s, which is unbelievable. I know he. Uh, just a breath of fresh air, that kid right there. Those those three names you just ha had right there, they're, they're great for our tour. And, you know, I think, uh, again, I don't know if he's been in there long enough. Els will have to make that decision. There's some other guys like uh, uh, Neiman, who's played well. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so it's all going to come together in two weeks. Yep, looking forward to it. Right, Elk, thank you very much. So with the crazy time difference again this week, it's hard to stay up late and watch the golf. Um, I mean, I won't be doing that. I know that you like to go to your bed and then get up early, so you're probably not going to be up through the night watching it either. But we no, will. I'll, uh, I'll check out. I'll check it out on my leaderboard. Exactly, for the SG Tour. So, um, yeah, we've got the app open this week as well. How's it been going for you lately? 
You know, um, I've been having a little bit of success this week or last week on SG Tour app, although, you know, there were some amazing picks last week. Uh, of course, all the, all the top players were back in action. Some people had Justin Thomas. They had first, second, first and second on the same team, which just dominated the scoreboard, which was great to see. So, you know, it's a little easier when you play SG Tour app when there's only 70 guys, Diane, because you can, you know, there's half as many. Yeah. Well, only the top players are there, so it's easy to pick good ones. So, we're going to have to see. I've picked some pretty. I've picked a couple of different teams this week. Well, I think this week I was looking at the flights, and it's interesting because you've got a lot of guys that play on the Japanese tour who are used to the conditions over there. And I think when you've got this, you know, this being the first time that a lot of these guys have played in Japan, that's going to. And I mean, a lot of the big names have played in Japan. That's going to be an interesting dynamic too. Yeah, well, big length never works in Japan. Like I said, you and I, I hinted on what I thought was going to do well earlier in the podcast about what style of player does well in Japan. So you might be surprised when you open my game tomorrow, Diane, and see, right. or later today, and see my picks. All right, then. Good. Right, Elk, thanks so much. And, well, good luck this week on the SG Tour. And we'll catch up with you again next week. Thanks, Diane. It's funny how we don't really know anything about this course. So it'll be fun to watch that and suss it out. As Elk was saying there, these Japanese courses, the style doesn't really suit the long hitters. So that makes it a bit more interesting when picking your team for the SG Tour Golf Gaming app. Now, the course, it's Accordia Golf Narashino Country Club, par 70, just over 7,000 yards. And that was what Elk was talking about too, a lot of dog legs on the course. The SG Tour, when it comes to picking your team, you still have time to pick your tournament long four ball. All you have to do is download the SG Tour gaming app from the App Store and then we have a four ball tournament that runs over the four days. So you pick a guy from each flight. Now you can join one of our public games that has an entry fee or we do have a free one running as well or if you like create a private game and you can invite your friends to play against you. If you do the private game you can set your own entry fee and your own payout structure as well. Now, you are going to have to pick your four guys. And we do have another podcast that came out yesterday. It's just in the exact same place you would find this one, but it's called SG Tour Zozo Championship. And we just look a little bit more at the course, the style of player that could potentially do well here, and a few of the big names that are being thrown about this week too. So, as I said, we'll be following along with our five secret golfers on all of our social media, on Twitter, Instagram, and on Facebook. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast, and we'll be back with another one next week. Mm-hmm.